were a bodybuilder, right? How did you go? Did you go from bodybuilder? You used I to. Used, I, I used to be. Okay. You did pretty well too, from what I from what I read. You cut. You won a couple shows, and then you yeah, went on I, to do Valkyrie, right? So I, I won two shows. Yeah. I actually uh, won the first Classic Physique Indiana. Dude. Because that came out in 2016, but my first show I did in 2015, and I did men's physique. I did the uh, the Fort Wayne Flex, which is now called the Hoosier Flex. Yeah, but I won that in men's physique. I think there were like 18 people in my class, or Jeez, something man. like that. Maybe 18 people in the two top classes. Yeah, and then then I moved up and did uh, classic physique. At the Indiana State Show, GNC Classic, because those two are combined yeah. into one show. And I won those. And then I was like, sweet, I'm going to go get my pro card. And then did yeah. Junior Nationals two weeks later and got tied for 16th. That was essentially last call. So I was like, wow. Yeah. I was like, I was like Indiana has a select few uh, really good bodybuilders, but other than that, did not prepare you for or prepare me for national a national stage trying to get my pro card because I walked backstage into the pump up room and I was just in awe. I was like, wow, <laughs> You're like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I you know, it's funny. You're not the first person to say that. I've I've talked to a couple other people who've who've gone from the the local shows, and once you once you get a little bit closer to nationals, like it changes dramatically. You know, it, a couple, couple guys who got their pro cards from where I'm at, like they don't, it, you know, they, they look amazing and they're competing at that high level, but they don't, they don't place, you know, it's so funny because the competition, right. the learning curve is, is insane. Did you like classic physique more than men's physique? Would you prefer? Uh, I preferred classic physique for sure. And yeah. then eventually, you know, after, um, I went to junior nationals. I talked with my coach who is Dave, who at the time was Dave Bowers nice. who promotes the indie pro. And so I was one of the last few people that he coached before he stopped coaching and went straight into promoting all the shows. And we decided that since I was like six foot, six foot one, that we were just going to try to put on as much size as possible and yeah. say screw men's and classic and just be a monster. Yeah, because you've got that, and then you've got that potential for that massive frame. I mean, yeah, you can right. shoot if you if you put the if you put all your work into it. I'm sure you'd look amazing, dude, for you know pro bodybuilding and everything. Right, and at the time when classic physique first came out, like with my height, I had to weigh like two ten. Jeez, yeah, which isn't which isn't very big for my height. Yeah. Now I think it's two twenty five. So that's. <laughs> do you, better. Do you ever feel like out, I was like, man, I was like, go ahead. It's gonna suck to make that. Yeah. Do you feel like the numbers just keep going up? Because it's like that. Just as as we progress down the road of like classic and all the different divisions being added, it always seems like more and more size just keeps piling on to every division. I think eventually classic will stop. Like they won't add as much size. Yeah. Because if they because if they do, you might as well just go to bodybuilding. Like yeah, for real. What like to me? I understand when they made classic. Like the purpose was to bring back like that classic look, and yeah. not having to be like a mass monster and leave the mass monsters to bodybuilding. Yeah, but it's almost but it's almost like if you look with the women's classes, how it's progressed over time. Like the very first figure champion didn't have shredded glutes. Now figure almost looks like 
old women's bodybuilding. Yeah. And it's just progressively, you know, going forward and going forward. And it seems like the IFBB and the NPC keep trying to bring it back backwards and it's yeah. not going to happen. That's why they keep making all these new classes for people like the women's wellness. And then that's right. There was men's bodybuilding. Then there was men's physique. Now mm -hmm. there's men's class physique for the in-between. Yeah. And I noticed too, um, didn't they bring back women's bodybuilding? Like they had taken it away for a while and then they brought it back. Cause I can't remember. Okay. They brought, yeah. Cause I, yeah, you're right. Like the, that was the, the freak shows. And then I guess they got rid of that maybe in an, in an effort to do what you were saying, like try to scale it back a little bit, but then I guess too, right. too many people got pissed off and they brought it back. <laughs> right. Cause to me it's crazy. Cause like, when I got into bodybuilding, like you wanted to go see the freaks. That's what you want. Yes. Yeah. yeah, for Whatever. sure. Now it's like, it's silly to me that they're trying to go somewhat backwards a little mm -hmm. bit. Well, like I, just by making the new classes, like they still want the bodybuilders to be big and freaky. Don't get me wrong, but like, yeah, uh, I think, I think it was Phil Heath that said it or something. He's like, yeah, you can out all these classes, but people still come to see the show. He's it's like, true. that's why the bo open bodybuilding men's, is Mr. Olympia. Yeah. Yeah. Do like, even, even though, like, Bumstead won the Classic, but he's known as the Classic Mr. Olympia. Whoever wins the big boy bodybuilding is the Mr. Olympia. Not, there's no other title than that. There's no asterisk or whatever. Yeah. It's, the, it's the big one. And they still get paid way more than any other category. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm astounded by... Uh, the people getting into it, like the freaking Middle East is getting into it. They, they're funding bodybuilding so much now, you know, with all their, uh, I think it's like Dubai, you know, you probably watch like all the documentaries are, are, are showing the, the interest that's being taken into bodybuilding from all these other countries and regions. Well, yeah, that's because thanks to the oxygen and gyms of them just doing all that stuff. Yeah. Bring, bringing athletes over and then supporting them 110% doing everything letting them live in the hotels for free and just having a life yeah there yeah that's true yeah because that was uh the our bodybuilder brandon i think he went over there yeah brandon brandon curry was over there for a yeah. little bit regan grimes went over there yeah he's not from the us he's from canada regan grimes went over there and almost got up to 300 pounds jesus man but there but that's that's where big ramey started and big ramey's with chad nichols now wow dude oh my gosh well, do you feel like yeah, it? It's a way. It's the way to go. Like, if you're going to progress in that sport, do you kind of have to? You kind. It, it would be good to like go there and get that kind of training, whatever they're doing. No, I think you you can get anything anywhere. This is my opinion. Yeah. There, it just makes it easier for people to focus because mm. that's all they do. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's completely so, like, tunnel vision. So like Brandon Curry was talking, I think it was Brandon Curry that talked about it. He's like, he goes, I literally do nothing. He's like, I go over there, I sleep, and I eat, and I train. Oh, Jesus. That's it. Oh, God. He's like, when he's like, when he's in a, because he's got like six or seven kids. I could be exaggerating, but he's got a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah. And so like when, he's like, when I'm back in the States, he's like, it's all hectic. He's like, it's hard to focus. Oh, interesting. He's like, He's like, cause I've got to take care of everything and everybody. He's like, when I'm overseas, it's like we FaceTime call and that's about it. Yeah. Wow, dude. Oh my gosh. So, so I think, I think that's the, and to me, when you see like the bodybuilders that are doing really well, not very many of them have a life outside of bodybuilding. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause, uh, 
there's that one guy, a uh, hottie Chupin, right? He's he's yeah. He's doing pretty well, like because he's what you're talking about. He's he's just dedicated completely to that sport right now. Right, which is what if you're going to be at the top tier, like you have to be. Because I remember yeah. Dorian Yates would just talk about how he just locked himself in the gym. He would just oh, stay the night there, and that's where he would eat all of his meals, and yeah. never took like, or, you know, never. Never wavered, never came out when he was in Olympia prep. Yeah. Stayed there. Wow, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that makes it really, it makes it really difficult, especially nowadays. Cause like me, all my shows, I had my son. Yeah. So, and I wasn't with his mother at the time. So on my days when I had him, it was just me. Yeah. So like I had to make sure that he was okay first. And then like, you know, when we diet for bodybuilding shows, you have to be real strict, but I also can't restrict him for eating just because I decided to do a show. Yeah. Came, came back. No, you can't have pizza or McDonald's because I don't want to see it. Like that's rude. <laughs> no, son, you have to eat like I eat. <laughs> right. And now I, now I have two kids. Yeah. So. Well, it, it's, it's, it brings up a good question. I, I, I love the idea of doing shows as a way to, set goals for yourself in the short term but it's it's so hard to figure out how to do that while having a family and how to control diet and your schedule with working out and so you know i i, I applaud you for for doing that because i'm sure a lot of people just give up before they even start you know well i would even say that without a family like because yeah. i've talked a lot of people about it because like i know that i'm still technically like a newbie because i've only been in like the bodybuilding fitness scene for like seven years which is nothing mm -hmm. compared to others sure but like even in those seven years seven eight years like bodybuilding has changed so drastically like the mindset of it to the yeah. point where like i almost don't even recognize it anymore yeah from when it, i started oh for real though but i mean those those seven years you've spent you know accumulating real experience which i'd say is more valuable than somebody who has a serious like um i don't know academic background and then decides to go into training because it's like it's weird you know right field work is different even, than studying <laughs> so right but but even then so i'm like i'm meaning more so like the mindset of the athletes yeah now i'm not now i'm not saying that it's that it's everybody because like if you think about like a lot of the athletes that we look up to mm -hmm. If we're, talk if we're talking about bodybuilding is they're very strict. They're very dedicated. Like we like those people yeah. that do that and then wind up winning. But like I've ran into here, like bodybuilders talking here, like people asking me uh, to coach them. And then I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll coach you. And then the first thing is like, so when do I get my first cheat meal? And I'm like, well, oh, you're not mentally ready. If that's the first question. <laughs> so yeah, it's it immediately. They they don't it's like going into it takes so much more than that than right. the cheat meal and everything. And then, and then like the other thing that really bothers me or like and I'm sure that it does a lot of other uh, I'll call them truists when it comes to bodybuilders. Mm -hmm. But like it's really I'd hate to use the term annoying, but that's what it is. Like when you sign up to do a bodybuilding show, I don't want to hear you complain about how hungry you are when you yeah. get closer to the show. Yeah. Or like, or like how miserable you are and how whatever, because like, guess what? You signed up for that. Nobody held a gun to your head for you to do that. That's true. That's it's a true. decision you made. 
granted, don't get me wrong, I know darn well that it sucks. Yeah. To get there, but like you never heard me complain about how hungry I was or when I got a cheat meal or yeah. anything like that because I wanted to win. I wanted to be the best. And it's like I was choosing to do this. It was a choice. Yeah. Not at any point in time I could be like, you know what? This isn't for me. And call it quits. That's true. But too many people are like, look at how hard I'm working. I want praise. <laughs> and look at how I'm starving. Like you yeah. chose to do this. Yeah. Like, well, it, whatever. It, yeah. It, and it, it makes, it makes sense because if you're going to make the most out of preparing for shows, you know, this, this is exactly what people should expect. You know, you're not, you're not right. just preparing for a show. You are, you are completely immersing yourself in that mental, that mental aspect of continuing to stay disciplined, not complaining and expecting all this sacrifice that comes with that, what, like three month period of time or, or longer, you know? Right. And it, and it could be a lot of what was instilled with me, like with my coach being Dave Bowers. Yeah. So like all, like all my preps, I didn't get a refeed at all. Oh, wow. Jeez, man. Like I dieted down. I think my first prep was 16 weeks and then my second one was 18 weeks just because those two shows were worth in two weeks. Yeah. Well, so it, like I got to, I, I got to carb up. Yeah. But like there was no like, oh man, you're looking really good. Go and have a cheeseburger six <laughs> weeks out. Nope. Yeah. Well, it's, it was just, it, th this is what we're doing. This is how we do it. And yeah. that was the case. Like I never once like questioned Dave or what we were doing. I was like, I paid this man. Yeah. He's going to get me to where I want. I just got to trust the process, even though sometimes I'm like, what is going on? Which is, which is kind of funny that, that more people don't do that because it seems easier. Like if you spend all the money for a physique coach, I, I would like, I don't want to do the work. I'd trust them the whole way. Like you just do, you do right. what you're told. It seems like a simple solution, you know? So, right. well, the problem is now is that social media, everybody wants everybody watches everybody else and they don't realize that what yeah. worked for some person might not work for them. Oh, I get what you're saying. And like, yeah. and then they might see somebody doing something and be like, well, why can't I do that? Yeah. But, but it one, that's just different people's coaching styles, which is, you're going to run into, which is fine. But like, yeah, I don't know. Well, because I'm a I'm 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 a big believer. Like, if you want to be the best bodybuilder on stage, and that's in any category, like you can't do if it fits your macros. Yeah, you can't do like flexible diet if you want to win. That's true. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that you can't do those things and lose weight and get real lean and whatnot. But mm -hmm. as far as winning bodybuilding shows, it's pretty. Nobody it's, that I know of does that. Like, and I've seen yeah. people try to document their prep and be like, oh my gosh, I'm still eating ice cream and two weeks out and I'm still having tacos. I was oh like, God. yeah, but you also got last place. Yeah. Yeah, like, you didn't win. And, and and I don't care what anybody says. Bodybuilding's a competition. Yes, yeah. you want to be better than you were the last show, but it's there's a first, a second, a third, a fourth. Like yeah. I don't I didn't ever step on stage to be like, oh well I just beat myself last year. So <laughs> kudos. <laughs> right. Like yeah. I remember I remember being at junior nationals and I shit you not. I was uh, when I walked backstage and saw those people. Yeah. I say people, the other competitors, I turned around, didn't get undressed, walked back and saw Dave and asked if I could go home. Wow. Yeah. It, it's it's that much of a a, a shock, I'm sure. 
Yeah. Right. And it wasn't, and it wasn't that I didn't think I couldn't ever get there. Yeah. I just knew that I wasn't there right then. Yeah. Which like is, I wouldn't have made top 10 or top whatever. So I was like, crap. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. Cause like that's, said, that's what can happen there, man. I, you're, you're so right. It's like, it's like it could change like on a dime. All of a sudden you're just, you just, damn, I'm not, I'm not ready. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy. Right. And then you get, then you get, then you get the blame game going. Yeah. When real, when realistically it wasn't my fault. It wasn't anything that my coach did. Like I just wasn't good enough yet. Yeah. And it takes time. But nowadays you see bodybuilding, like you'll see people shake hands and be like, congratulations. And then they'll just go bash the judges and yeah, that bat- bash the other competitor who beats you. when literally it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with you. Nobody takes ownership that, you know what, maybe I just didn't look as good as I should have mm-hmm. to win. Yeah. But it's, no, it's always somebody else's fault. Do people have a tendency to blame you? Like, is that, is that a common problem you, you run into? Oh, like me as a coach? Yeah. Like, do you get the people who, who aren't able to I've, I've, I've only it. ever really had one person yeah. get mad at me saying that it was my fault. Yeah, but see, that that's bullshit. That's crazy. Yeah, but then I found out that he was night eating and didn't tell me. Oh, well, see, they, yeah. So there's always, there's always something, it feels like. There's, you know. God, well, that's shitty, man. That right. sucks. <laughs> Damn. Uh, but, but like, I'm I'm perfectly fine with everybody that I've coached. And yeah. Like my name being attached to them up there because, uh, even though some of my clients haven't won and vice versa and things like that, like they still made first off one hell of a transformation. Yeah. They they looked better than any other previous shows. So like we were progressing and doing well, but it's just like uh, I always tell people too when they talk about bodybuilding. Um, you could look your absolute best, like 110% best. And there's just someone better. Yeah. Like you can't, cause I remember, I'm sure you know, Derek Lungsford. I don't actually No. Uh, he, he's he a, well, he's a bodybuilder. So he's a two twelve. He's gotten second in the Olympia a couple okay. of times. He's from Indiana. He's from Indiana. Oh, cool. But his last, uh, amateur show yeah. Not including like the not the USA's to win his pro car, like his last regional show he did was here in Indianapolis and it was Dave Bowers' first Midwest Battle of Champions before he made it into the Indy Pro. Yeah. And nobody knew that Derek was doing the show. Except oh, wow. me, Dave, and Derek. So could you imagine being like, Oh man, I'm gonna win this thing and then you see him walk And then backstage? he just shows up. Oh god. <laughs> the surprise. <laughs> Right. Or there was a guy, I don't remember if it was the year before Derek won the overall at the USA's or the year after, but there was a guy who won, his pro card won the whole show, who didn't have any social media and nobody knew that he was coming. Wow, dude. I see. I've never, I've never even heard of that happening. Like that's new to me. I didn't even know that you could, you could potentially be blindsided. Like somebody could show up and just, I mean, well, yeah, I guess it makes sense, but, but you know, at, at that level, I suppose you're kind of you kind of know potentially who's going to be in competition, you know. All right. His name, the guy's name was Rashid Oldercare. Okay. Sounds sounds big, intimidating. Big <laughs> monster. Oh, Just God, dude. a monster of a man was the super heavyweight. Like he walked on stage and we're like, "Yep, that's him." He and, wins. And you kind of just know too. Like it, you kind of just like know. Like it wasn't even close. Yeah. Oh, that's scary, bro. I, I And now he doesn't he doesn't do very well in pro shows because he doesn't ever really come in shape like as you need to to be in the top five. But he's just a monster of a man. Yeah. 
And like, he had no social media. His coach never posted anything about him. That's nuts. And like, that's like, that's kind of the bodybuilding that I envied when I was, when I was doing it because that's like what Dorian Yates would do. Yeah. Nobody knew how he would look until you saw him. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I appreciate, I appreciate like the, the old school approach nowadays, you know, everything is, it can be seen and, and noticed Right. And, and see, and I understand the switch because that's how bodybuilders make money now. Yeah. But now the only, I don't even really want to say it's an issue because I understand it from a business perspective. Like mm-hmm. you could even be a great bodybuilder and win shows, but if you don't have a social media presence, you won't get a sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. It's, it's your money making, it's your cash cow. So, right. Because like, because th- like, think about it, Tev- Devin physique never did a bodybuilding show that I think I don't think he did, but then he wound up having like multi millions of followers and getting sponsored from everybody just because he had that. Yeah. Well, that following. Yeah. So, but it's, it's it's almost the point now where like, you don't even have to earn it mm -hmm. to get, to get a sponsorship. Just if people like you on social media and follow you and like what you post, then, then you get a sponsorship. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely, money motivated i'm sure companies reach out to those body but even if they're not on par with some if they've got like what you said i I think there's that one guy blessing blessing uh i don't know i can't pronounce his last name or something something. yeah like he because he he was one of those people you were talking about like he kind of just appeared on social media i didn't know anything about his competitions and then all of a sudden you know, he's getting all these sponsors, he's on stage and I don't know. It's funny. He's just he just kinda made his name doing weird meme stuff, I guess. Right, which is I in this day and age, that's how it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense. Cause like, that, yeah. Cause you can even take it a step further and remove yourself from bodybuilding and see what's happening in boxing right now and the Paul brothers are making hella money. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fighting no one. That's true. And and dude, I, I was Logan fight, except for Logan fighting an old Mayweather, but whatever. <laughs> the the boxing world I think is forever changed because I am blo- like CrossFitters are boxing now. Fucking uh, Eddie, uh, uh, no, um, Half Thor and and uh, and uh, Ed, Ed, yeah, but Eddie Ed, Eddie, Eddie got dropped hurt, out. And yeah, now, now Half Half Thor's fighting that uh, legendary arm wrestler. arm wrestler dude. Yeah, um, um, Larrett, Devin Larrett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, but it's crazy because like if you. And I'm not saying that no, they don't train hard because you have to. Yeah. But like you put Jake Paul, because I saw some posts and I hope it wasn't Jake that made the post, but I could be wrong of like his list of people to fight next. Was it? Was and it? the next person on his list was Canelo Alvarez. I was like, that dude will fucking destroy you. It, is it, but does it really, do you think it's just more about the, the spectacle? Like he doesn't really care it, it, about the whole uh, like the matchup, the fact that he'd probably get whipped. It it would just be the fact that he's doing it. Well, I think I don't think he'd actually fight Canelo. Yeah, I I think that him just calling him out, he's trying to get, mm. for lack of a better term, clout. Yeah, more draw to his name. Drama. Because if you think about it, boxing as much as it's about to be like respect and honor, like MMA and shit like that, it's still what's gonna bring the highest gate i get what you're saying it's what's gonna, what's gonna bring the money yeah like that's that's what people are that's what the companies are looking for and like 
unfortunately right now, Jake Paul and Logan Paul are like some of the biggest names in boxing and they, they are. aren't boxers. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're, they're you. Who do you prefer? Like if you had to choose one based on their boxing ability or just like who, <laughs> who you like? <laughs> well, I, I like Logan better than Jake. Cause I think Jake's just obnoxious. I agree. I, like, I completely says, he, agree. He just has some outlandish shit. And like, you can tell that everything he does is for marketing yeah. perspective because like, what did he do to Mayweather? Oh, he took his hat <laughs> and he kept going. I got your hat. And then within like 15 minutes, he had a shirt and hat made with saying, I got your hat. I on got it. your hat. <laughs> he's a, he's a and whiz like, at the old funny marketing. Is like, he thinks it's to me who was, who, I was talking to my striking coach. Yeah. I uh, shout out, shout out to Drew Link. Um, and he was like, he doesn't call any like real fighters out. He's because like his real fighters don't care if it's in the ring or not. Yeah, like they'll they'll just show up and fuck you up. That's that's a good point. Yeah, like that, that's that's why you don't see Jake Paul calling out like Nate or Nick Diaz. Yeah, or Jorge Masvidal because they'll slap the shit out of you right on site. Like they don't care. They won't yeah. be disrespected. And they're like, we're fighters. It's what we do. Like, Yeah. But like, I've also heard him, because uh, one of my favorite fighters who never fought in MMA, I don't think, is Tyrone Spong. He was uh, one of the greatest kickboxers of all time, in my opinion. Okay. And rumor had it that Jake Paul was trying to spar him, because they're both from Florida. Yeah. Or in Florida. And Tyrone Spong, like, tagged him in a post and said, dude, because you don't want this, you'll leave in a body bag. <laughs> But yeah, it, fair. I, I mean, yeah, it's it's it, as as like a serious boxer. I'm sure you get you get pissed at people trying to trying to make a quick buck or just turn it into some kind of like shouting match, you know? Right. And I'm not saying that like because in my opinion, like I'm sure that Jake and Logan train real hard. Yeah. I'm not saying that they don't. But like they're not Canelo Alvarez, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. No, not even close. Like they're not. They're not out here doing all that stuff and like, yeah, coming up from the bottom and working their way up. Granted, they're giant money fights, mm-hmm. but that's just because people are paying because they want to see them get their asses beat. Yeah, yeah, it's and, it's, un- and unfortunately, it's not happening. Yeah, no, it's true because like, in my opinion, if you put, I think Mayweather toyed with Logan Paul, and just let it happen for eight rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no way that you you call yourself the greatest of all time and stand toe to toe with a YouTuber, and him survive. Yeah, uh, you can't. Uh, anybody going up against Floyd would would have their hands full. Especially, I mean, shit. Like you know, you're right. right as but, a yeah, YouTuber. I'm also not. I mean, I understand we're getting off track, but I also think Floyd was scared of Canelo, and that's why he decided to fight Canelo so soon in Canelo's career, so he could say he beat him. Yeah. But it wasn't like a mature. Uh, well in the game of boxing Canelo like he is now. Canelo would destroy him yeah. now. Like it wouldn't even be close in my opinion. And people would be like, you're so wrong. Whatever, it's my opinion. <laughs> no, it's all good though. But yeah, I I, I see that and, and everything is, uh, it's it's taken a turn, I guess, just with like fitness news and I'm blown away with how many people are, are entering is, the sport of boxing. Yeah. No, right, kind of and crazy. like if we... If we spin it back on like fitness things, yeah. Um, even now, just like being a coach, because like I'd say ninety percent of my clients 
aren't even bodybuilders. They're just general health. Yeah. You know, wanting to lose weight, look better. I actually have a lot of law enforcement. Yeah, and that's awesome. And Marines and military and people like that. I've got a bunch of them that I train. Yeah. And, uh, like, even then, everybody's like, so when do I get a new workout? Do I get new workouts every day? I'm like, dude, chill. <laughs> it's not about like, that. <laughs> we got to get good at the basics first before yeah. we start going bonkers. Yeah. Like Dorian Yates said it, that he uh, that he did the same exercises for 12 years. He just got better at the exercise and got stronger. I I I love that you said that because I know I know with social media we we chatted about it like everybody is in the headspace of doing the next new thing and trying out the next new thing and and we've lost touch with just straight up simplicity with fitness you know so yeah I I I, I can't imagine how it must be be for like training the general population now like younger generation it's probably crazy so. Well, it is good. And like, and sometimes, you know, people don't like answers that I give them. Yeah. But as far as fitness and stuff as it goes, a lot of the things are real simple. People just don't want to do the work repetitively over and over and over again. That needs to be done. Yeah. You want the next new thing. But, all right. But that's, that's like with anybody, you know, who's successful, they got good at all the little things and then they became great at all the little things. Yeah. And then they did the same shit every day. Yeah. Well, it's practice like anything, I guess. It's just practice. Right. And so like one of my favorite questions that I get, whether it be through like social media or like people seeing me out in the streets or yeah, uh, whatever is they're like, Oh dude, he's like, well, what's some advice you can give me for nutrition? What's the best advice you can give me for nutrition? I was like, you're not going to like my answer. <laughs> you just pre you warn them, be like, listen, before I tell yeah, you. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to tell you right now. You're going to be looking for some extravagant answer. I was like, but here's what I got for you. Yeah. I was like, when you go to the grocery store and you pick out your food, you need to get the food that if the only food that you can choose is if you can grow it, pick it, or kill it. Huh. That's a good way to do it. I've, that's actually, you're the first person to have told me that in that. Well, like, I, I like the way that sounds, though. It's not, it doesn't sound restrictive either. It just makes sense. It's just logical, you know? Right. And then they go, they go, what do you mean? I got to stay out of the aisles. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's good, man. Yeah. Freaking right. And then they can choose. Because like, you think about it, so many people, like, here in America, we're the fattest country, I'm pretty sure, in the world. Yeah. So much abundance here. Right? Yeah. Which is not good. Yeah. But it's because everything has become so yeah, so accessible. at our hands, at our yeah. fingertips, like at our and then everybody thinks that they're so busy. Yeah. And whatnot. And don't get me wrong, some people totally are very busy. And I get that. And sometimes you need to have like a quick thing and I'm fine with that. But too many people like, you know, wake up and have cereal for breakfast mm -hmm. and then they go and snag like something from a fast food restaurant or yeah the gas station and then they'll come home for dinner and be tired and either make like a hungry man microwavable meal yeah and they're not like and then you hear well 
they said it's made with all real meat. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, quote it's unquote also, real it's meat. It's also breaded and covered in whatever. And yeah. Like. Yeah, it's true. No, it's it's, it's like it, it's it's very simple because like if you can start, I mean, how many people have you talked to or heard? I'm like, oh my gosh, I've lost twenty pounds, and the only thing I've done was cut out soda pop every day. It, it you know, it's I think. I think it's it's the people I talk to that do that, especially here. Like I'm in Louisiana, the population here, we're one of the fattest states, right? So what's so funny is that like people people have such a like the culture and the eating here. When somebody cuts out just a little bit of like soda, they notice a difference because so much of their life revolves around like buttery foods and fried foods. So right. it's it's funny, bro. Like I. I, I find it interesting, like some people, I think people need to do what you suggest when they go into the store, they understand, you know, they got like a guideline, like, okay, I can choose foods that fit into this category, but yeah, at, at the same time, being super restrictive, it's, it's hard to find a balance between restrictive and freedom with, with dieting. So, so that's the thing that I was going to say. So, yeah. uh, when it comes to when I, so like when I get people uh, and we'll say that we'll say more obese to morbidly obese people, right? Yeah. Cause obviously it's a different game. If somebody has been doing fitness for a long time because their body's used to the stress. Yeah. But most morbidly obese people aren't. So like you can see changes pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. J just by changing things. So, uh, and I'm well aware that most, I'd say 95% of the people can't do a complete 180, right? True. From how they're eating. So even then when I write people's programs and I don't do a lot of that stuff, I still give them the freedom to season it and use whatever sauces they want. Yeah. And then people go, well, aren't you concerned about sauces? I was like, listen, I was like, no matter how much, you know, salt or seasoning or things like that you put on your food, it's not ever going to equate to the same amount of sodium that's on McDonald's French fries. Yeah, that's uh, th that's smart. That's cool. And then and then it makes and then and then like if so like I know a lot of people love ranch. Yeah. And barbecue sauce and things like that. And I go, I don't care if you use it. Just don't make your food swimming. Like, that's awesome. I don't care because I'm an avid fan of Buffalo Wild Wings Asian Zing sauce. Oh, uh, it's amazing stuff. Yeah, I'm 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 <laughs> I'm holding that and road with you. <laughs> and you're not gonna see me go weeks without it just because of my fitness. Yeah. I just need it for the taste and i'm not gonna lather all my food in it yeah yeah but... and it's not gonna be necessarily like an every meal thing too many people think when it comes to like nutrition that you just have to it's got to be chicken and broccoli and rice. no seasoning and rice and yeah. yada 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 and it's a mess yeah just like i can't tell you how many times people are like my metabolism is broken there's no such thing yeah no, I, I, yeah, that's good. That's good. People need to know that. It's true. Our, our, our metabolisms adapt. Yeah, we can change how it. we are. Yeah. Right. So, like, and even with morbidly obese people, it's not that their metabolism's broken. It's just it's real slow. Yeah. And, and it's because you know most morbidly obese people. That you and this, this, like I said, it's just from anecdotal people yeah no, don't that's eat very much and then they're sedentary and don't and then when they do they binge on like two large pizzas so their metabolism's all out of whack trying to save itself 
and it's easier for our body to maintain fat than muscle. Yeah. So when you're not doing that, so like I get morbidly obese women all the time. Nothing wrong with them at all, but they're like, "Why you're having me eat so much?" I was like, "That's because I need your metabolism and body to get kicked into hyperdrive." I was like, "I'm not going to touch you from 500 calories a day that you're eating now." Yeah. Like I need you to bounce. You got to go in the opposite direction. Right, which is, which confuses a lot of people. Yeah, because it seems counterintuitive. Right, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm eating more food than I ever have, and I lost ten pounds this week. I was like, welcome, surprise. (laughs) I was like, I was like, guess what? They go, why? Go, I'm gonna give you more food until this weight stops losing so quickly. Yeah, and then they go, why? And I go, because then once I find that out, then we can cut. Yeah, exactly. It's it's you gotta you gotta develop a a better foundation and then you can you can subtract from it yeah no it's true. right and people are always i get asked all the time too like do i have a formula that i use or <laughs> logic so i go a lot of it is just me doing this for like seven years right yeah. so yeah. um there are some things that like to me are general standards that you need in fitness but then the rest of it is always has to be on a per person basis because we're all different. Yeah. No, that's awesome. man. And so like, so like for me, I think January, February, March, February, February of this year, yeah. I weighed 296 pounds. Jeez, man. Cause I was, I was powerlifting. Yeah. And I had gotten like, I'd benched 500 for two deadlifted 675 for two squatted 675 and then i stopped breathing in my sleep twice yeah so i was like well this isn't good i've got two kids i'm not dying yeah because i want to lift heavy weight and uh so i'm actually sitting at like 215 now so i've lost 80 pounds or so since february damn bro nice job and so people are like how did you do that? And I was like, well, one, I know my body. I've been doing this for seven years. Yeah. I know like how to fuel myself to get that. And I was like, and second, I was like, my work ethic when it comes to in the gym is higher than most people's. Like yeah. I know to push the boundary and that's nothing against anybody who's starting their fitness journey. Just we're capable of so much true. more than what people think. And you need people. So like, I'm blessed that I had Dave as my first coach. Because there were a couple workouts where he, he broke my body, didn't work anymore. Yeah. Or at least I thought it didn't work. And then he'd start making fun of me. And then I'd get mad and finish the workout. And he's like, see, you can keep going. Yeah. Yeah, he's right. I was like, I see what you did there, but I don't appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, so I do this thing sometimes. I'm back to doing it now that I think about it. Yeah. I was like taking pictures of my Apple Watch when I get done with workouts. Yeah. Because I burn usually regularly within an hour over a thousand calories. Damn, bro. That's awesome. And so, and so people would be like, I'm working. Re-. So I always tell people too, like when I get uh, clients, younger kids are my favorite to get. Yeah. Because they always come in and no matter how much we say to leave your ego at the door. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Yeah. And then they go. I work real hard. I go find out today. Yeah. 
And then like, this is the hardest workout I've ever done. It's been 15 minutes. I was like, <laughs> I thought like, you said See? you worked hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's a, it's a wake up call.